In the Gemara Memamid Beis, we begin where it says, Amar Abami. Actually, according to some other Girsis, it's Amar Ravin, connected to uh, what was said before. This is in the middle of the Agadate of the Gemara here, where it talks about all kinds of details regarding Bikachailim. And it brought, brought before a few statements that Ravin said in the name of Rav. So here's another Indian, which is not really related to Bikachailim, but the Gemara is going to come back to the Indian of Bikachailim. Omar Abami or Omar Ravin, Omar Rav, my dechsev, what's the pshat in the Pasik where the Ebesha tells Yecheskel, Vata Benadam Aselacha Kli Gaila, and now make for yourself a vessel to go into exile. This was part of the Nevuah that the Yidin will be exiled from Eretz Yisrael, from Yerushalayim. What is this Kli Gaila? What is this vessel? Zuner Vekaira Vishatiach. This refers to a person that he, when he exiles from his home, he has to take with him a lamp, a bowl, and a shatiach, which is a rug or some hide that you can sit on to eat or you can lie in it to sleep. So these are the basic things that a person needs to when he goes in exile. Then, he dashed also, it says, B'chaisakayl. What does B'chaisakayl mean? This is actually in the Teichicha, and it says that the Eden are going to be lacking everything. It already says before there in the Pasik that the Eveshul will send that there will be Rav, Tzoma, Be'erom, which already means that Eirom, you have nothing. So what's the added thing of B'chaisakayl? That's if a person doesn't even have a lamp or a table. When a person doesn't have a wife, that's lacking everything. He doesn't have someone to serve him. is when a person is lacking knowledge. As we know what it says in Chesidus, what's the title of Deya? It's not the Chachman Bina, not the wisdom, but Deya means to really connect to what a person understands. When you know how to take it to heart and know how to uh, take responsibility for what you understand, that's the idea of daya. When a person doesn't have that aspect of understanding, that's lacking everything. Tone and Abraisi we learned, Beloy Melach or If a person has no salt or he has no oil, that, that's Chaisakel. Omer Abai. So Abai said, in connection to what we just said, Beloy Deya, Naktinon. We know the following. Ain Oni Elobedeya. Who is considered to be really poor? Someone that has no daya, has no das, has no knowledge, or has no real ability to understand and connect to things. And the Masha actually says that what, what Abai means to say is that the, the translation of the word poor originally in Lashon Kaddish refers to the lack of das. The fact that Oni today is used regarding a person that's poor financially, money-wise, that's a borrowed term. That's not the real concept. Bemarava hmm. Omri. In Eretz Yisrael, they would say the following, If you have this, if you have das, so you have everything. If you do not have das, what do you have? Everything else you have is worthless. If you've acquired this, if you've acquired das, what are you lacking? If you have not acquired das, what have you acquired? So the double Lashon that the Gemara over here says, the Mepharshim says, some Mepharshim say, the Pshad is that there's a person that has Deyeh, naturally from birth and therefore if he has it he has all but then it's also saying that daya is an attribute that could be acquired if a person has a lack of das and this is something that a person can work on and acquire it and if you acquire it you acquire all so coming back to the subject of so a person that's sick, so he doesn't get healed and get up from his sickness until the Eibishter forgives him for all of his sins. Shanema, as the Pasuk says, I say, Le'yach l'chol avinechi, that the Eibishter forgives all of my sins. Haroife l'chol tach And the Eibishter heals all of my illness. 
So the, for, for a person to be healed, the Ebesh has to forgive his sins. Rav Nuna says, A person that gets healed from his sickness, so he, he becomes like born again. He becomes like a child that's born from his youth. Mm-hmm. The point of here is because he was uh, forgiven for all his sins. So now when he's healed, so he goes back to his youthfulness. Shanema, as the Pasik says, Rutafesh Bisaray Minoyar Yoshev Limea Lumov. So Rutafesh Bisaray, the word Rutafesh is a combination of two words, which means Rotuv, that's what the Mefarish over here says. Rotuv Vupash, which means that your 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 body becomes moist again, and Pash is it means that your body will expand again. Pash is push of a that your body expands again. And you'll be like in your times of your youth, you may alumov. That's what happens when a person gets healed from a sickness and the Abishter forgave him. Then the Pasik says, Kol Mishkovoy, there's another Pasik in another place in Tilim. Kol Mishkovoy Hofachta Bacholyoy. Some are good as this Pasik here, some are not good as this Pasik here. But it literally means that a person, his bed has been turned over from his sickness. So what does this mean? Om Rav Yasef, Rav Yasef, Taish this Pasik. Loima, this Pasik tells you, the Meshakeyach Limudai. When a person is, becomes sick, he forgets what he learned. And he touched this Pasik, Mishkavai re- refers actually not to his bed, but Mishkavai refers to the, all the words of Taita that he had lying in his head or in front of him that were clear to him. It all gets turned over when he gets sick. There's another Psharia that Rishayim said that you're not good at this Pasik. And what Rav Yosef was saying is connected to the previous Pasik, Yemei Alumov. And they teach that Alumov is in the negative sense, that when you learn Taira, it becomes Nelam. The Taira that he learns becomes concealed from the person. He forgets his Taira. And the Gemara here brings what happened to Rav Yosef himself. Rav Yosef Cholash. Rav Yosef became, Rav Yosef became sick. And then his learning, all of his learning, he forgot Ahadre Abaye Kamei, Abaye, his student, came and, and, and he chazed, he reviewed all of the learning that he learned from his Rebbe of Yasef. And Hainu, the Bechal Duchta Amrina, this is what you have many, many times in the Gemara, it says, Amr Rav Yasef, Rav Yasef said, I, I did, never heard this halacha. Abaye taught something, and Rav Yasef said, Well, I never heard this before. And Amr Abaye, and Abaye tells Rav Yasef, You're the one that taught this to us. And you proved it to us from this and this b'raisa. So that's what happened with Rav Yosef when he got sick. Another story the Gemara says in connection to this as well, when Rabbi would teach Teire, so he taught Rabchia 13 different ways of how you could learn every halacha. So Shiva Minhain the Saif Cholash Rabbi. So seven of these ways, what happened is, in the end, when the Rebbe got sick, Ahade Rabchia Kameh. Rabchia reviewed and, and told the Rebbe seven of the ways that he had taught him. So, Haneshevi Apidagmerei, again, I didn't read it correctly over here. <clears throat> okay, again, sorry, let me, let me go back a second. So Rebbe, when he would learn the Halachis, he would learn it in 13 different ways. Now, he only taught Rabchia seven of those 13 ways. He didn't teach them all 13. Again, He taught Rabchia seven of those 13 ways. Now, Rabbi got sick and he forgot the Torah that he learned. So those seven ways that Rabbi taught him, he was able to review it back to Rabbi. Sorry, but then six of these ways that he taught or that he himself learned we got lost because right? he, he didn't he didn't have Rabchia to review it for him. So 
So there was this launderer that was doing the work in Rebbe's house. So he would hear Rebbe. When Rebbe was learning for himself, he overheard Rebbe teaching the Torah, all the 13 ways that he taught. So Rebbe went to this launderer and learned all the other ways that he didn't learn from Rebbe. He heard it now from this launderer, the additional six ways. And then, and he came back to Rebbe and he taught the Rebbe the other six ways that he himself didn't learn from Rebbe, that he heard from this launderer. When Rebbe saw this launderer, so Rebbe told him, You have made me an Abchia. So the, uh, the source of this concept is, here the, the uh, Mefarish brings, just like it says, When Avram Avinu taught people Tere, taught people about the Evesh, so he has made them, he has created them, so to speak. So to over here, you teach someone Tere, you, you have made him. So Rabbi says to this launderer, in your schos, you have made me and you have made Rabchia. This is what he uh, said to this launderer, you taught Chia the six ways that he learned from you. And now also I see. And Chia has made me when Chia came and taught me. So, so in other words, Rabbi was telling this launderer, I didn't learn directly from you. I learned from Chia that learned from you. And the Maral says over here in this Chedusha Goddess on the Gemara that the Gemara is bringing these two versions because there's an Afghamina Bapayal where the Rabbi is obligated now to give honor to this launderer as someone that taught him Taita. Do you say because he learned from Chia that learned from the launderer so he has to give him honor like his teacher? Or no, it was indirect. So therefore he doesn't have to give him that honor. <laughs> no. <laughs> the miracle that the Ebishter does for a person that's sick and he heals him is greater even more than the miracle that the Ebishter saved from a furnace of fire. Why? Because they are in a fire that is here, created in this world. So that's something the Ebishter is it's easier to save from it. It's a fire that anybody could extinguish. But the fire, in other words, the fever and the heat that there is in the body of a person that's sick, that's something that comes from heaven. Who is able to extinguish this? So this is something that you have to dive much stronger for, for the Ebesha to take away your sickness. When it comes the end of the time of the life of a person, <coughs> so then all kinds of forces in nature that David descends are able to uh, affect the person to take away his life. Shenema, as it says, when Cain said, when David said that, it, that he deserves to die, so Cain says, if so, whoever will encounter me will kill me. Because here you see when a person that comes the person's time that his life is up, so all kinds of things will come and take away his life, even things that he may not expect. Rav Omar, Rav learned it out from another Pasuk, Menadenkra, from this Pasuk here. It says, When a person is being judged, and his day is today, his time is up, so all different kinds of things in the nature of the world become the servants of Hashem to take away this person's life. And the Gemara here brings two stories that illustrate this. Rav Bashila, so Omrule, they said to Rav Bashila about what happened, Shachav Gavre, this person passed away, how did he pass away? He was a tall, strong person. And Rachiv Girduna Zutra. And he was riding on the small mule. Mata Titura. He came over, he was riding over a bridge. 
Istavit and this mule went wild and Shadye threw him off the bridge. And the Kashachev, and that's how he passed away. So here you see here a strong person, this little little mule ended up causing him to die. Kari al so he said about this person, that because this person's day came, that he was judged to pass away on that day, so this little mule came and threw him over the bridge. Another story, the Gemara says, Shmuel Chazye, Lahahu, the Gears over here in the Gemara is, Lahu Akreve, the Yasiva al Akruksa. He saw the scorpion that was sitting on top of a small frog. And that's how it crossed through the river. What happened when it came to the other side of the river? Tarka Gavre Umayis. And it bit a person, the scorpion bit a person, and that person died. So again, Kari Shmuel said regarding this person, look, that this person was judged to die today, and therefore the Ebishter uses a little frog that the scorpion will go on top of it and cross the river in order that this person, his, end, his time has come. says, <coughs> You should not, come coming back to B'Kechaylem, so you should not go and visit someone that's sick, only someone that's overcome by fever. So Lafukimai, what does he mean to say? What does this come to exclude? So in other words, the Gemara's understanding is that it doesn't mean only somebody that has the fever you should visit and anybody else you should not. So what is he coming to exclude? Lafukia comes to exclude of other uh, certain sicknesses that it's not appropriate to visit this person. As Rabbi Yaisi said, Rabbi Yaisi ben Prata Mishum Don't visit somebody that he has intestinal illness. Someone that has illness in his eyes, or someone that has a headache. So the Gemara explains, not to visit someone that has intestinal sickness. It's embarrassing for him that he has to run to the bathroom all the time and he can't have visitors. Someone that has illness in his eyes or has a headache. So my time, why shouldn't he have visitors? So the Gemara explains, when a person has a sickness in his eyes, so speaking is, is, is very bad for this. And the same thing also with a headache. And therefore, a person that has an illness in his eyes or a headache should not have visitors because that's going to force him to talk and it's not good for him. But Gemara says a person that's talking is actually good for a person that has a fever. It helps release or helps uh, relieve the fever. said, Hi, Ishta. When a person has a fever, if not for the fact that we know that the fever, that the person is sick, is really an agent of the Malachamavis that's overcoming the person. So really, this is something which is beneficial for the body. To have a fever every once in a while is actually good for the body. Like Chizrilidikli. So, which is like these thorns that are, or these, these, that are around a palm tree which protect it. From, from different things that will come and ruin the tree, so too, even though thorns seem to be something which is negative, but nevertheless, it's a protection for the tree. Fever, once in a while, is also a protection for the person. Chad Once in 30 days. It's like a cleansing for the person. And he adds, It's like a teriyaki, which is some kind of a potion or some kind of a medicine that's beneficial for the body. But Rav Nachman Yitzchak said, I don't want not this fever and not its beneficial aspects of it, that it's like a medicine for the body, I don't want this. Arson is good for a sick person to heal him. 
My arson? What is this arson? Amr Abyanison, Srabyanison said, Arson Arson is Khushle the Sari Atikta, peeled barley, old peeled barley. The Reish Nafye from the first that comes out from the sieve when you sift it. And Amr Abaya, Abaya added to this, but Bayim Bishula Ke'em Bisra de Tura, but it has to be very well cooked, like when you cook the meat from, a, from an ox, which is a meat that has to be cooked very well. Rav Yesev Rav Yesev had a different version of what this uh, arson is. Smidi disari atikta. It's the fine flour that comes from old barley. The reish nafyu, the first that comes out from what you sift. Amr again Abaya said, Bayim Bishuliki Bisra de Tura, has to be cooked well, like the meat of an ox. A person that has bardam, which means, it's a combination of two words, a pit that blood flows from it. In other words, a person that, that blood is flowing from, from, the, from his body, from the bottom of his body, so you should not, if that is the person's illness, you should not visit him. And you shouldn't mention it in public about the illness that he has because it's embarrassing. My time because he's like a wellspring that flows and it's embarrassing for him that he has to go and relieve himself and he doesn't want any visitors. Rabalaza said, What's this, this name of the sickness? Bardam means like a pit that has blood that flows and it's like a wellspring that flows and therefore you should not be visited. Yeah, so you see, if you just uh, conclude the whole sugi that we learned here about Bikah that you see regarding Bikah that there are different aspects to what Bikah is. There's one Indian of Bikah to be there with the person, and like we had before, the Bakiva, to take care of the person, a person that's alone and he's neglected, nobody's taking care of him. So one aspect of Bikah is to take care of him. Another aspect of Bikah is that when you come to a person, you take away some of his sickness. <coughs> you had before, by, ben, by a Bengilo, you mamish take away a 60th, but you take away some of his sickness. There's another aspect of Bikah which is the fact that now that you see his condition, this will bring you to Davim for him. That's the third aspect of Bikah So, okay, this, so these are the different aspects, and this is uh, connected. You know, there's a famous Shaila regarding Bikah Could you be also Yaitza Bikah Or is there at least some kind of fulfillment of Bikah even with a phone call? Or today with the text, is that also, so depends what aspect of Bikah maybe there could be some aspect of Bikah even if you're not physically there with the person. And according to what we learned here in the Gemara, in some situations, the only way really to do Bikah is is not by coming and visiting the person personally because he can't handle visitors, but even a phone call, so on, is also a Bikah Okay, going back to what it said in the Mishnah, regarding a person that made a neder, <coughs> so the Mishnah said... <laughs> That if there's a nether between you and your friend, umerapeyu refuas anefesh cholo. So you may you may come and heal him, refuas anefesh to heal him, the person refuah of his soul. But the Gemara said not refuas mamein, not refuah of money. So what does this mean? So heichi ketani. What does the Mishnah mean to say? Ileime. If you're going to say the pshat in the Mishnah is the refuas nefesh means bechinam. Refuas nefesh means a doctor that comes and heals this person for free, free of charge. And the, 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 the Ran actually says that ne, it's actually hinted in the words Rufuas Nefesh. Rufuas Nefesh means that, uh, that you're just feeling it, you're, you're healing, healing him, that is, out of your Nefesh. Nefesh means your will. You have, uh, <clears throat> that's your, just your will to do it for this person without any charge. Bechinam. And Rufuas Mamay means Bishat. Rufuas Mamay means a doctor that charges for healing the person. And that's the difference over here. In other words, what it would mean is that the Gemara now understands we're speaking about a case where the doctor is the one that the nether is, that he, the doctor, may not have a gnaw from the patient. 
So in such a case, what the Mishnah would be saying is, so if you're healing the patient for free, so you're getting no honor from the patient, so you may heal him. But if you're healing the patient and you're charging him, so you're, you're getting money from him, so therefore you may not heal him. But the Gemara says, that can't be the Pshat, because if so, let the Mishnah clearly say, that you can heal him free of charge, but you may not heal him and charge him. Why does it use a term of nefesh versus mamin? It's a very unusual lashon. Ella, therefore the Gemara says, the Pshat is different. The case over here actually is, not that the doctor may not have a no from the patient, but the nether wasn't the reverse. That the patient may not have, may not have a no from the doctor. And therefore what the Mishnah is saying is, Rufuas nefesh means gufay. That you may heal the person himself. Right? So even though the patient may not have a no from you, but to heal him is a mitzvah. You're healing a yid. So that, that's not called a no. But refuas mamai means behemtai. If he has an animal that's sick and you're a veterinarian and you're there to heal the, the animal, that's not allowed. Omer Abzutre Bar Tuvye. One second before I go weiter, the, the Ran actually says an interesting thing. And there's a big machlekes rishenim about this. There's a huge discussion. When the Gemara here says refuas mamai, which is behemtai, the Ran says that that's only in a situation that there's another doctor that's able to, able to heal this animal that he owns. Then you're not allowed to heal. But if you're the only veterinarian that's able to heal this, this uh, pet that he has, so then you're actually allowed. And he says it's similar to what we learned before in the Gemara, that even in a case where there is a, a neder, Hashavah Saved is allowed. Why? Because Hashavah Saved is a mitzvah. I'm not, I'm not uh, giving him something that's not his, it's his. Well, I'm just doing a mitzvah, returning it to him. So he says that Hashavah, this is not less than Hashavah Saved. That's the Ran Shitta. But there's other Rishayim that disagree. And say that this is not called a Shavas Aveda. Aveda is the object as is. You're just giving it back to him. Over here, his pet that's, that's sick and is going to die. And healing it is, is much more than just a Shavas Aveda. And it's not going to be allowed even if you're the only doctor around. The Gemara concludes, That even in a case where you can't heal his animal... Because there's a net there, but you could give him information. You can tell him some plainy that this potion or this medicine is good for it, and some plainy rala, and another medicine is not beneficial for it. You can give him advice. That just giving him advice is not considered to be a hanod that's included in your net that the healing actually is animal. <coughs> okay, so Mishneh, continuing over here on this subject. When there's a nether, but there's still certain things that you are allowed to do for this person or with this person that's not allowed to have a nor from you. You may bathe in a, in a big bath together in the same place, and it's not considered to be that uh, they're having a nor from one another. But not if it's in a small bath, because the reason is, if it's a very small bath, so then the level of the water rises, and it's, you're giving it more water, so to speak. Or even the, you're, you're heating up the water by your body temperature, being in the water with him, so that's not allowed. You're allowed to sleep with him in the same bed, and it's not considered to be giving him an awe. Rabbi Yudah says it depends. That's only in the summer months. So then he doesn't get any benefit of your body temperature when you're in the same bed as him. But not during the winter, when the fact that you're sleeping in the same bed as him, so you, you warm him. You give him pleasure, you warm him. You may sit with this person that's not allowed to have a nor with from you on the same bed. And this is in those times when they used to sit on these like big couches or big beds and that's how they would eat. And he could eat with you. The fact that he's sitting on the same bed in the same place and eating is not any pleasure for him. 
Ala Shulchan, you could eat it on the same table. Avoloi min hatamchoi, but not from the same tamchoi. Tamchoi means when, when you're eating by somebody and there's this big serving bowl that's uh, being served to two people, and there's you and this other person that's not allowed to have a no from you, or you're not allowed to have a no from him, and you're eating from the same bowl. So over here, if, if you leave over and he's going to have more to eat because of you leaving over for him, so that's considered to be that he's getting a no from you. But you are allowed to eat together with this person that may not have a nar from you if it's from this big tamchoy, from this big serving bowl, that it not, anyways, not all of it is going to be eaten. A lot of it is returned back to the kitchen. So anyways, there's a lot of leftovers. So the fact that you're going to leave over for him is not any anar that you're giving him because anyways, there's a lot of leftovers there as it is. Tanya and Ebraise, we learned more details over here about this, that it says, that this person that's not allowed to have a from you, so don't bathe with him in the same bath. And v'lo and not to sleep with him in the same bed. Ben gedoyla, ben ketana. Whether it's a large bed, a smaller bed, close to him and not close to him, it doesn't make a difference. Divrei Rabmeir, this is Rabmeir's opinion. Rabbi Yudayme, Rabbi Yudayme says, gedoyla, if it's a large bed, so or maybe it's referring to a large bath. Bimaisa gishamim. So in it's referring to the bed, right? I believe it's referring to the bed, huh? Yeah. yeah. So in or in the in the uh, winter, bimaisa gishamim in the winter. So that's allowed. And v'ketana bimaisa chama. And a smaller bed in the summer, it's allowed. Okay. okay. Again, because in the summer he doesn't need your heat, your body temperature. So then even in a small bed, you're not giving him any hana. So mut, uh, it's allowed. You may bathe with him in a big bath because it's so big and therefore he gets no, uh, the water level doesn't rise so much or the, the heat that your body temperature gives doesn't give him any ana. A different type of bath which is not really made for washing but just to, to, like a schwitz, a schwitz bod that's called today or a sauna, something like that. So that's even in a small, a small one, your body temperature doesn't add anything and doesn't give him any heat. Like it said in the Mishnah, you could uh, recline with him and sit with him on the same bed or on the same couch. You could eat with him by the same table. But not from the same bowl of food that's being served for all the people together. But if this is a bowl of food that's given a lot of food and there's a lot of leftovers that goes back into the kitchen, so then you're allowed to eat from that same bowl. What does this mean when it says when these two people are being hosted by somebody and he's serving them food and there's a lot of leftovers that goes back into the kitchen, so then you're allowed to eat together. So one more Mishnah over here. Do not eat with somebody that you have a net, that he may not have a gnaw from you, so don't eat from him from this avis. Avis is usually a throw that's, that's for animals that they eat from this uh, place. It's like a very big place where you put a lot of food. But this is over here, we're talking about this, it's, it's place for workers, that this, this is where they get their, their food over there every day. So you're not allowed to eat with, together with, from, with someone that you have a net there from this, from this place. And the reason is, even though there's a lot of food there, but usually these workers eat a lot, and therefore they don't leave over anything. So whatever you're going to leave over is going to go for this other person that is not allowed to have enough from you. You should not uh, do with him the work in the field on the same row. That's what Rabmeir says. As the Gemara will explain, when you do the work on the same row, so you end up softening the ground for him, and then he's going to do the work. You're making the work easier for him. So he's having enough from you. You're allowed to do work with a person that may not have a no from you on the same row, but as long as there's a distance between you and him. 
if these two people that are not allowed enough from each other, so they're doing the work on the same row and they're very close to each other, no one will disagree that it's not allowed because you're making it soft for the other person, you're making it easier for him. Kipligi, where was the argument here in the Mishnah? When you're doing work on the same row and it's a little far. Rab says, as if you do work on the same row, even though you're far, you may come too close to him and do work in a way that you'll give him a no. The Kamar Now you make the earth soft in front of him and it makes his work easier. But Rabbanan say, We don't have this Gzeda as long as you stay a distance, so therefore you're not softening the earth for him, it's allowed. You're not giving him any anah. Uh, when Rachav 